And so we bless you now with all of our hearts through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary and St. Joseph, all the angels, all the saints, bless you and protect you in this next hour that you can understand even more the value of suffering, the value of Our Lady, what Our Lady means for this difficult time which we are living in. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, We have just prayed the rosary, just one mystery of the rosary, and Father Corbinian today spoke about prayer, and he quoted Don Bosco, who said, a great saint from Italy, who said, through the rosary, through this simple prayer, you can defeat, you can destroy, you can conquer all the demons in all of hell, just by praying the rosary. That's the value which Our Lady has because it's her prayer. And, you know, when we speak about this apparition of Our Lady in, in Amsterdam, it's so important for this time. It's, it's ecclesiastically approved. It's important that you know this. And if it's, if it's approved by the church, that means that it's true. And if it's true, then we should not hold back from speaking about it. We should not shy away from speaking about it because it's the truth. And this is why me and Father Corbinian came all the way from the other side of the planet to speak to you about this image, to speak to you about this prayer because it's the truth. And it's so important for this time in which we find ourselves. And that's why I think you should be there will come a time when you will be so thankful that your parish priest, Father Gary, has such a devotion to this image. And why is it so important? Because, you know, once there's a story about a chaplain who, joined, who, who got a new uh, role in a prison. And when he came to the prison, the priest as the new chaplain of this prison, he went to the ward, ward, the wardener, what do you say? The, the warden. He went to the warden. Uh, English is my first language, I promise you. <laughs> he went to the warden and he said to the warden, well, who are the most difficult cases that you have in the prison? And the warden said, the most difficult cases that we have are the prisoners who when they hear the, mother, the word mother, they don't have a good feeling. Do you understand? And that's important that we bring, and maybe there's some of you here who don't have a good feeling when you think of your own mother. But that's why Our Lady came to show us that she is our mother. We are the sheep in this image. She was given to us by Jesus in his most painful moment, as we said last night, in his most painful moment on the cross. With his last strength, his last breath, and his last drop of blood, he said to John, Behold your mother, he said to her. He said to him. And then he said to John, to, to Our Lady, Behold your son. Because to show us that when we have trials, when we have disappointments, when we have difficulties, but when we also have joy, we have a mother. Our Lady said, Herself in Amsterdam, a church and a people without a mother is like a body without a soul. Understand this well. Also the Lord needed his mother to come to life. Through the mother comes life. Therefore she must be brought into your churches and among the nations and you will experience the flourishing. And that's why I said to you, be so thankful that Father Gary has this devotion to this image. This image will become the most important Marian image. It is already. But when this final dogma is proclaimed, where Our Lady is mother of all nations, co-redemptrix, mediatrix and advocate, then will come a time of peace in the world. She has promised us. That's why we see no snake on the globe. And for those of you who didn't make it here last night, I just want a very quick recap of what 
we spoke about. We spoke about why she's called the woman, the lady, the mother of all nations. It's the same woman who will crush the head of Satan, as was told in Genesis. It's the same woman who Jesus said at the wedding feast in Cana, what do you want from me, woman? To show her that that is her vocation, to intercede for the bridegroom, to intercede for us because she is our mother. You know, Padre Pio said it very nicely once. Padre Pio said that Our Lady is always at the foot of God and she's begging him for his mercy for us. Don't, don't send him. Don't send him. Don't punish him, God. He's a good person. She's a good person. That's what Our Lady is constantly doing. Why? Because she is our mother. She intercedes for us. It's the same woman who Jesus, just like we said, on the cross. And that's why Our Lady said, this title, the woman, the lady, the mother of all nations, was given on Calvary when Jesus said, behold your mother. And that's why we need to bring this message to the people. Like I said last night, and I'll speak about it again in a few minutes, this image is such a consolation when you give this image. And that's why, please take the packets with you tonight, the fifth packets of 50. Take 1,000 images if you want. And everywhere you go, carry them with you in your pocket, just like me and Father Corbinian. And then when the air hostesses come to us and we say goodbye, we say, can I give you an image of Our Lady? Can I give you an image of Our Lady? Go to the pilot. Can I give you an image of Our Lady? Once our spiritual father, Father Paul, said to a pilot once, would you like, can I give you an image of Our Lady as he was getting on the flight? And he said, no, no, I don't need that. And then Father Paul said to him, you must be the only pilot who doesn't need Our Lady. And then he stopped and thought, actually, I will take an image. (laughs) And so it is. And I, I, I mean it when I say, give it to your hairdresser, give it to the people, you know, I gave one yesterday to the lady who cleans the rooms in the hotel where we stay across the way. And they will read it, and then they will see, and it, it will touch their heart. Our lady said in Amsterdam, you give the image, and I'll take care of the rest. And that's why I encourage you, dear friends, empty the tables outside. You don't have to give anything. Just take them. It's for Our Lady. St. Joseph takes care of everything. And then she gave these signs of authenticity. She showed the man landing on the moon. She, she, uh, she, showed, uh, she showed the death of Pius XII. She told exactly when Pius XII was going to die. She showed the Second Vatican Council. All to show, to prove us people, because we need it, to prove this authenticity of the images. Of, of the messages, of the apparitions. And then she prayed this prayer. And she, in the prayer we will pray to, that, so that, they may be, that the nations may be preserved from degeneration, disaster and war. From degeneration that comes from abortion, for example. You know, like we said last night, we don't judge anybody. It's not our place to judge. God is our judge. That's not our place. I don't know what goes through a girl's head. But all I know is one thing, that when we sin, our sins that we do not confess, that are unrepented, give such a power to Satan. And that's why Our Lady said, from degeneration, moral degeneration, degeneration in our faith when we don't care anymore about God. And that's unfortunately the reality now. From degeneration, from this degeneration which comes from us, comes disaster. From degeneration comes war. I don't know how it is in America, but in Ireland, the first thing that happens when something bad happens is, what's the first question? How can God allow this to happen? But God never wants this to happen. God never wants that a a young woman died yesterday, 41 years of age, here in Kaiser. I met her family today. God never wanted that she would get sick. But unfortunately, through our sins, which we do not confess and which we hold on to, 
then it gives a power to Satan, and Satan uses it to create these disasters, to create these wars, to create this unrest in our hearts, to create this hatred which people have for God. Through my prayer, you shall ask that this be staved off from the world. These disasters, this, God never wanted this in Australia a few months ago, these bushfires. He never wanted it. But he, but when you turn your back on God, then it gives such a power to Satan. And Satan uses it because Satan knows this is his final battle. He knows his time is up. He knows it. And that's why he's doing everything he possibly can to take so many people. From, from degeneration comes war. And that's why Our Lady said, under this title, she will save the world. The Lady of all nations will be allowed to bring peace to the world, yet she must be asked for it under this title. And that's why we come now to this image We come now to this image. I want to explain to you this image. And this is why this image is so important. Because this image describes everything. It describes suffering. The value of suffering. It describes perfectly why Our Lady is our mother. It is a paradisical image. It's a heavenly image because there's no more Satan. Because as you can see, dear friends, on this, you see that Our Lady is, has this wound, this, this spiritual wound, you could say, this, this stigmata. She never carried the stigmata. Not like Padre Pio, who carried the stigmata. But Our Lady, but if I was to ask you, dear friends, who suffered more, Padre Pio or Our Lady? What would you say? Our Lady. But she didn't carry the stigmata. But she carried this invisible stigmata, you could say, and this image. She carries this stigmata and this image, this wound in her hand, to show her unity with Jesus on the cross. And you see, around her waist, you see, she's wearing the loincloth. This is the loincloth that Jesus wore on the cross. And from her hands come three rays, grace, redemption, and peace. You see them coming from her hands. Grace of the Father, redemption of the Son, and the peace of the Holy Spirit. Just like we say in Holy Mass, the peace of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And the grace comes against degeneration. The redemption comes against disaster. And the peace comes against war. And that's why she has these three rays coming from her. And that's why I want to speak to you, dear friends. As you can see, if I could go back to this image, you see how she stands before the cross. Our Lady stands before the cross. She is totally united with the cross. You cannot separate Our Lady and the cross. You cannot do it. Just like at the back of the Miraculous Medal, as we said, you have the cross... And you have M, and you can't take the cross away from the M. If you look at the back of your miraculous medal, exactly it's the same here. And you see the light that comes from the cross? It's the light of redemption. Because it's the cross of the resurrection. And then you see how our Ida Pederman, the visionary, saw how, how Our Lady, before she appeared, there appeared this brilliant light. And Our Lady stepped out of this light. It's the light of love. It's the life, the light of God. And Our Lady stepped out of this light, and then she appeared so, with the cross behind her. And then everything shows us. And then she's standing on the globe. And the sheep are us. Some of us looking at Our Lady. Some of us looking away. Some of us are lying down sleeping. And that's, what it, that's exactly how it is in the world of today. And the reason why she carries these rays come from her, it's the very same for each one of us. When you unite yourself with your cross, that is why suffering has such a power. Because when I see this lady here, what is your name? 
Maggie. When I see Maggie come in here tonight, and she's so faithful, she's been to every talk, I think, so far. Maggie comes in with her... What, I don't know what this is called. A walker, yeah, exactly, excuse me, a walker. When Maggie comes in with her walker, she can say to Jesus, Jesus, let every step I take with this walker be a soul. Every step I take be a soul. I give you this suffering, Jesus. This every pain which I feel in my hips or in my legs, I give this to you, Jesus. And then from Maggie comes grace, redemption, and peace. And these graces come here to you. And that's what makes Maggie, Maggie's suffering so precious. Or it goes to your family. Or it goes, it's the same for everyone here. I saw there's a man here who carries oxygen with him. And he's always breathing through the oxygen. He could say to Jesus, Jesus, let every breath of oxygen which I take be a soul to save a soul from, dem- from damnation. And that's the power of suffering, dear friends. And that's what the, you can show to these people here, these deaf and dumb children, where our, our spiritual father, Father Paul, went and spoke to these deaf and dumb children, and they understood it. You see them. He explained to them the power of suffering. And every one of us here can explain this. How to offer up your suffering. See how this girl offered up her suffering? She understood what it meant. He had a translator. And it's the same for each one of us. Each one of us. And if you have a son who does not convert, I promise you, I promise you, through your prayer, through your sacrifice, which you offer up out of love, your son, your daughter, they will all convert. Maybe there's someone addicted to drugs, they will stop. Maybe it comes through suffering for them, through an illness, but God, through his infinite mercy, will hear your prayer, I promise you. It's like when Brother Andre, maybe you've heard of Brother Andre from Canada, he had a great devotion to St. Joseph, maybe you've heard of him. He built the biggest basilica to St. Joseph, and he said, every time you pray the Our Father, the Heavenly Father bends down and listens to every word you're saying. Just like the story Father Corbinian told today about the Our Father, where the Heavenly Father kept interrupting. After each line, he kept interrupting the guy who was praying. And that's how it is. And especially when you unite your suffering with Jesus. Just like this man in hospital. He, when we unite our suffering, then his bed becomes an altar. Just like a, like a wheelchair becomes an altar, an altar of expiation. Because from the altar, when we celebrate Holy Mass, there comes an ocean of graces unto us through the Holy Eucharist. Because we go to Calvary. And it's the same when you are in bed and you cannot do anything or you're, you have pains, then you unite your suffering. Then comes these graces out of you too and they go to your family. Or just like Sister Eugenia, she's one of our sisters from Italy, and this is her in the Ivory Coast. This is an albino boy in Africa. And she was explaining to him, too, the value of suffering, to unite your suffering with Jesus. And that's why you see Our Lady united with the cross. And that's why you see on the globe that Satan has been defeated. That's what this image is, dear friends. This image is a paradisical image because it's an image of love. The God, his plan, his war plan is a plan only of love. God never attacks. God has no enemies. We or to make ourselves enemies of God. But God is not an enemy of anybody. He loves everybody. Because he created us in his image and likeness. You only have to think, for example, in Bethlehem. You know, Herod had such a hatred for God. He didn't want to think that this child could be God. He had such a jealousy because the star in the sky was not for him. It was for a little baby. 
And what did he do? He had all the two year all the children under two years of age killed. And what did God do? He retreated. He disappeared to Egypt. That's typical God. God is a God of love. And this plan, this which we will speak about, this worldwide action plan is an action of peace and it's an action of love. And that's what makes it so beautiful and so important because that's how Satan will be defeated. He will be defeated with love. And that's why you see on the cross, on the globe here, there is no snake anymore. Satan has been defeated. His head has been crushed. You see on the you see on the, on the globe here, on the miraculous medal on the left-hand side, you can see the snake. But in this image of Amsterdam, there is no snake anymore. Because Satan has been conquered.
they are worse than the time of the flood of Noah. And it's unfortunately true. And then we go to Abraham. Abraham, St. Paul said about Abraham that he became a greatest saint, or one of the greatest saints, not because of his works, but because he trusted in God. He trusted in God, in his faith, you know. And this is, shows Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham, he, God appeared to him and told him that he will have a son and a son he should name the son Isaac. God gives us everything. Even our own names were all chosen by God. And then Abraham then pleaded for him. Abraham was the reflection of God's love because he went to him and he said to him about Sodom and Gomorrah, but God, Heavenly Father, he- Heavenly Father, if you find 50 people in Sodom and Gomorrah. Will you save it? And he said, yes, I would. Then he said, if you had 45, and you know the story, it went down and down and down to 10. And he said to God, if you found 10 people, 10 just people in Sodom and Gomorrah, would you save it? And he said, I would. And you know, Abraham didn't have to intercede. He, he didn't live there. He could have said, you know, God, do whatever you want. I don't live there. I don't care. But he could have said it. But he had this love for the people there. And that's why he did it. And then God said to him, and again he was a reflection of God's love. He was ready to give his only son Isaac. He was ready to give him to God. Because Abraham was so aware, everything which you receive from God, you give back to God. Think of Joseph and Our Lady in the temple. They gave Jesus back to God. They were totally free of themselves and totally ready to give everything back to God. And Isaac was, or Abraham was ready to give his only son. And that's why St. Paul said, because of his faith, he became a great saint. He was the father of faith, Abraham. Because he always, like this child, looked to He always, took his, he always had his look to God every time. He had his eyes focused on God and only wanted to do the will of God, just like this child did. And the same with Joseph in Egypt. Joseph in Egypt, he's such a perfect example for today because he shows us how to live in this godless world which we live in. And he's also a ref, he reflects to us God's infinite mercy. He was sold by his brothers, as you can see, they sold him. And then he was put in prison in Egypt and taken to Egypt, into this country where they worshipped golden statues and they had their pyramids and everything like this. And this is where he ended up, in this country. But he remained in God. And that's what's so important. Think of what we said about the temptations. When you remain in God and in Jesus, through the prayers, through the sacraments, And that's why we say we remain in the state of grace. That means you're remaining in God when you go to holy confession. Then the devil can't do anything to you. And especially when you pray the rosary. That's why I repeat to you what Lucia Fatima said. Through the rosary you can... There is no problem which you cannot solve by praying the rosary national or international, material or spiritual. But then, back to Joseph in the Old Testament, and then his brothers came and he forgave all his brothers. Is that not the reflection of the infinite mercy of God? He could have disowned them, he could have thrown them all into prison, but he didn't do it. He forgave each one of them. And then we go to Moses. And Moses, again, through his faith, Jesus, or God just said to him, lift up your staff. Very simple act. And he lifted it up, and the Red Sea parted. And then they came to the desert, and then they had nothing to drink. And God said to him, touch your staff off the rock, and water will flow. That's all. God provides everything. Just like he went and provided manna in the desert for them because they were complaining as you know he, they, he took them out of slavery and it's often we see this in our own lives 
And as soon as things didn't go so well, they started complaining. And then God took care of it. They had nothing to eat. They had nothing to drink. But God takes care of it. And it's the same with each one of us when we pray. No matter how desperate the situation is in your lives, dear friends, get down on your knees and pray. And God will hear your prayer in his way. Just like he did for these. And the manna in the desert was a reflection of Holy Communion. And that's why Padre Pio said we should receive, and tomorrow evening in the second part of this conference we will talk about the different ways in which the Heavenly Father comes to us. He, told, he appeared to a lady, to a sister in, from Italy, but she lived in France, Eugenia Rovazio, and he said to her, I come to all mankind in two ways, through the cross and through the Eucharist. And so when we receive the Holy Eucharist, we receive the Heavenly Father too. Because did Jesus not say, I am in the Father and the Father is in me? That means that when we receive the Holy Eucharist, we receive the Heavenly Father. I love this picture very much because this is how it is. You see, we are the chicks. We are the little birds in the nest. And then the Heavenly Father comes and he gives us everything which we need. And this is how we should go. You know, once, again, our Mother Superior said to us once, what would you do if I was to ask you all now? If I, if I was to get up here t- tomorrow at Holy Mass and say, Jesus is coming next week. I know for a fact. He called me last night and he told me he's coming next week. What would you do if you knew that Jesus was coming next week? And then our mother superior, she said, some people wouldn't believe it. Some people would go to confession. Some people would making big sacrifices to try and repair everything which happened in their lives. And what do we do, she said? She said, we go to Jesus with empty hands. Just like these helpless little chicks here. They await everything from their mama. And we go to Jesus with empty hands. That means we are completely free from ourselves. And that's why holy confession is so important. That's why when you find it hard to forgive somebody, then ask them. Maybe you find it hard to forgive God. Then ask for forgiveness in holy confession. And then you will receive this infinite mercy and then you can give this mercy to those who you find hard to forgive. Jesus came then to reveal to us the Father's love. This is what he came. He wants that we have this loving relationship with the Heavenly Father. That's why Jesus came. He came, he said, I am the way. He said, the way to whom? I am the way to the Father. That means the Father is the goal. And Jesus is the way to the Father. He said it himself. I'm not saying anything different. And he came to us and he gave us Our Lady, especially to help to lead us through this time. You know, this child-father relationship with the Heavenly Father became perfect again in Our Lady at the Annunciation where where God became man. He again reunited God and man again in the womb of Our Lady. God from all eternity needed to a paradise in which he could live and he found it in Our Lady. And she made all good through her yes. And she didn't say the word yes. She said, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done unto me according to thy word. And, that, and then in this moment, God became man. And this bond, which had been broken for so long, became fixed again through Jesus in the womb of Our Lady. And that's why Our Lady, like I said last night, came into, as she can be said, as the woman or the lady of all nations. Why? Because she constantly gave her yes to God. God gave her this title on Calvary when he said to her, Behold your mother. She is the mother of all nations. That's the words in Dutch for those of you who were not at the last talks about this image. This is the image from Our Lady in Amsterdam. 
And I encourage you again to take the images with you tonight when you go home. I want to read you a little story, and I want to make just an announcement quickly, that there's more books of the messages are outside. And also, myself and Father Corbinian will be praying outside Planned Parenthood. We'll be praying the rosary on Friday at 1.30, I think it is, at 1.30 as well. I was told to make those announcements at Mass, which I forgot to do. But this image here of Our Lady, it's a very graceful image. And I want to read you a story from a family in Slovakia who, through the image of Our Lady, and this, everybody can relate to this story, everybody. I want to say how grateful I am at this. Her name is Ludmila Sariski from Slovakia. I want to say how grateful I am when I learned about the Lady of All Nations 19 years ago. Many things have improved in my family. It was June of 2000 and I was completely overwhelmed by all the work of having six children on a huge farm. Every morning I would get up at four o'clock to feed the animals. I would complain and curse incessantly because of all the work. One day the children came home and said, Mom, the mother of God is at our neighbor's house. And this was... This image was at our neighbor's house. Which mother of God? She's in heaven, I answered annoyed. My six-year-old son began to cry. Mom, come on, the mother of God is waiting for us. But I yelled at him saying, I cannot go now. I have too much. I have a ton of work and no time. I have to feed the cattle in the barn. In the end, I reluctantly went with my children to the neighbor's house, where about 20 people were gathered in the living room praying. I started to feel a powerful spiritual battle within me. Even physically, I felt it strain throughout my entire body. Completely irritated, I stared at the image and thought, what am I even doing here? However, after an hour, something unraveled within me. I don't know how, but I was suddenly overcome with relief and peace. It was as if I had become another person. The next day, my oldest daughter, Ludka, that this suddenly said, Mom, do you realize that you haven't yelled or cursed all day? (laughs) Then I noticed that despite several mishaps, not one bad or evil word had crossed my lips. On top of that, I had an inexplicably strong desire to go to confession. Surprised, my daughter said, Easter is past and Christmas is a long way off. Why do you want to go to confession? However, something drew me to holy confession, so I went that very same day. Since then, I have been completely freed from the curse of swearing. A year and a half after Ludmilla's conversion, her husband Andre gave up drinking and both are firm in their Christian conviction. Ludmilla helps daily in the parish as an organist, a singer and leading the prayers, and she also looks after the altar boys. Her husband said, years ago we toiled away in the fields until nine o'clock in the evening. Now we have to finish at six o'clock to get ready for church, which is three hours of lost time, looking at it from a worker's point of view. Even so, everything is functioning fine. And from the spiritual perspective, it is an explosion of grace. Do you understand, dear friends, why we brought you this image of Our Lady? We brought it to you to show you that this image it has to come into your houses. Take the images that are left. If you, like I said last night, if you leave no, not one cent, it makes no difference. Just take the images and, like I said, hand them out to the people. You are bringing them life because you are bringing them a mother. And through the mother comes life. And she brings the most precious life because she brings them Jesus. And this is what our goal is. And then Jesus came to to reveal to us the love of his Father. I'll just speak now for another few minutes and then we'll continue tomorrow night. Jesus came to us to reveal to us the love of his Father. And that he did by healing the sick. They came to him. The cripples came. You see in the picture the children came. They carried him on stretchers. All of them came and he, he healed them all. You know this story of the lepers that came. And the lepers came, and Jesus, any time before he, and we will see this in a few minutes, any time before he did any miracle, Jesus, what did he do first? 
he prayed. He, he awaited everything from God in order to work the miracles. Just like this great saint, I don't know if any of you know him, his name is Charbel from the Lebanon. And Charbel, he worked so many miracles, and I, I just want to tell you what he said. When someone asked him, how do you work all these miracles? And he said, like a child, I ask my father for help. I speak with God, and he answers me. It's my favorite job to kneel before the Lord in the Blessed Sacrament and to ask him and to adore him full of trust, to ask him for everything which he can give me. And that's the secret, to rest in the arms of Jesus, to rest in the arms of the Father. Then God gives us everything which we need. Like I said yesterday, if there was one man on the planet who ever lived who didn't need to pray, it was Jesus. But he was the one who prayed the most. And then the disciples would have heard him and seen him going late at night and early in the morning, going off privately to pray. And they would have, for sure, I definitely would have wanted to watch and see how does he pray. And he prayed so full of trust and so humbly, expecting everything from God, awaiting everything from God. And they would have heard him say the words, Papa. And that's what God expects of us. This we will hear tomorrow night, how God said that I promise you, anybody who has ever lived, who called me at least once in their life by the name Papa, will be saved. To look into the eyes of God, that's how Jesus did. From Bethlehem right through to Calvary. Is it not true? He was looking always to his Father, in his Father's eyes. And this we need to bring back to our lives, dear friends. It doesn't matter from the oldest to the youngest. To join our hands and to get on our knees and to pray. And you know, Dondolindo Rotolo, a great saint from, from Naples in, in, in Italy, he said, I will show you somebody who's more powerful than God. A man of prayer. And you know why? Because when you pray, you have such a power over God's heart. And he wants to give you everything he can just because you pray. That's why Jesus said to Benigna Consolata from Italy, he said to her, if you want power over my heart, trust in me. Do you want power over Jesus' heart? Then trust in him. If you want even more power over Jesus' heart, he said, if you want even more power over my heart, trust in me even more. If you want infinite power over my heart, trust in me without any limits. And that's our vocation when we pray. You should pray as if your prayer has already been heard, has already been answered, with such a conviction that God will answer the prayer. That's why Jesus, before, you know this story where he, he cured the deaf, and I was told not to use deaf and dumb, but what? Deaf and... Deaf and mute, excuse me, I didn't, I hope you understand, that was just, yeah, you understand, I said last night deaf and dumb, that's what we say in Ireland, but it's deaf and mute, I prefer deaf and mute, I have to say much more than, than what I said, but just the last couple of slides, and then we will, for those who want to stay for the last bit of the video, I'm sure the children will definitely want to say it, and then I go to the confessional then. Jesus, before he raised Lazarus from the dead, he prayed. Before he, you see how he, before he did anything, he asked his father for help. He, everything which he did, he asked from his father. And this, I want to finish with this story. You know this story. The story of the man with the distorted hand. And you know, Maria Valtorta, a mystic who saw this scene, saw how the, the scribes and the Pharisees brought this man on purpose into the Capernaum, into the temple in Capernaum. They wanted, to, they wanted to set Jesus up. And so they took him from a village far away, and they brought him into the temple, and they put him forward. They made sure he was forward so that Jesus would see him. And then they wanted to say, now, let's see what he does. It's the Sabbath. And Jesus was so incredible, because Jesus always had his ear to the Father. Everything he said, 
he always was like God was prompting him all the time. The Heavenly Father was constantly prompting Jesus. He was God himself, but he was in the Father, and the Father was in him. And Jesus saw this man, and you see the scribes and the Pharisees, and they're all waiting for Jesus to see. Now we're going to get him. Let's see what he does. And they had this rule. You are not allowed to help another human being on the Sabbath. Such a silly rule. But you could take an, a donkey, if it got stuck in a, in a pit, you could take him out. Or a sheep, you could take it out. But you're not allowed to help another human being. So they, brought, they pushed this guy forward, and his hand was distorted. And Jesus came to reveal the love of the Father. And he saw this man with the hand. And he had pity on him. And Jesus said, of course I'm going to himself, of course I'm going to heal him. And then Jesus asked him a perfect question. Is it right? What is it good to do? Is it, do you do good or bad on the Sabbath? And they couldn't answer. What is right? To do good or bad on the Sabbath? And they couldn't give an answer. And of course he called him forward and he healed his hand. And then the man came back afterwards and said to him, they brought me here to frame you, you know. Maria Valtorta saw the whole conversation afterwards. But Jesus, he took pity on him and he healed him. Then I ask you, dear friends, if he didn't heal, if he doesn't heal us, does that show a lack of love from God? Absolutely not. It's a reflection of God's love. You know, God didn't want his only son to die, but he allowed it. God didn't want people to be sick, but he allows it in order to bring us back and bring us closer to him. This we have to remember. And you, we, of course, like I said, we pray for our healings. But the most important thing is, thy will be done. And maybe Jesus doesn't heal you. Maybe he doesn't heal my father. Maybe he doesn't heal this man in Ireland with cancer. Maybe he doesn't heal whatever. But he will give you the strength to carry your crosses. That's for sure. And that's why Jesus came in order to heal them. And we finish now with Our Lady. And then we can play the end of the, the video very shortly. And then tomorrow we will start with this. Again with confession. Jesus when we go to confession, it opens paradise in our hearts. There is two words which open paradise in our hearts. It's when we go on our knees in confession and we say, forgive me. Because then the whole of heaven comes in us and Jesus, his infinite mercy comes over our hearts and he washes us clean. And tomorrow we will begin with the story of the prodigal son, it's such an incredible story which shows to us what happens when we turn our backs from God. And it's an incredible story, the prodigal son. And we'll begin with this tomorrow, with this, and it, because the prodigal son is a reflection of this infinite mercy of God. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. So I give you a blessing, and then I will go to the family room and listen to confessions then. The Lord be with you. Through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary and Saint Joseph, all the angels and all the saints bless you and protect you all, and all your families, all your troubles, all your fears. The Almighty and Merciful God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And now... Chuck will play the last of the movie for those who want it and those who want to go to confession can go.